Hey, it's Nathan. Welcome to Nathan's Freedom Zone. Tonight, I was just on Facebook, and I saw an article uh, from the three the freethoughtproject.com. A uh, good news source. The article, you know, while I can't corroborate any of this because it's on the other side of the world. It did make sense to me. The article said that the Syrian gas attacks that they have shown in the news this year, where it was a false flag, that's what the article said. I think what it said in the article was uh, an unknown source had told them this, which, you know, could mean anything, but makes sense. So one thing that they said about the false flag was that white hats whatever that means uh, so UN people are called blue hats I don't know what I don't know what white hats are but something to do with the Al Jahiri news channel somebody you know in the media over there apparently had stolen dead bodies of children from a uh, morgue and they had used that in their film you know of uh, the UN rescue type trying to uh, resuscitate or you know do whatever they were doing on the TV I don't even remember they, they, there was a bunch of dead kids apparently on TV and apparently you know the news station stole those kids from the morgue just to make a, a fake terrorist event that would you know look real because if there's real dead children in, in the uh, news story well I mean who's who's gonna doubt that Right, only some weirdo, you know, heartless weirdo, would try to question that news story. I mean, for God's sake, there's dead kids in it. <laughs> Funny thing that happened to me: um, the first time I ever got into uh, false flag attacks was, of course, uh, 9/11. I think was the first one that I was aware of, which happens to be like the ultimate false flag so far. But after that, I got into the uh, Sandy Hook conspiracy and the Boston Marathon bombing, you know, false flag. Which you have to do your own research, but it didn't take me that much research before I started to become extremely suspicious of those two. Sandy Hook is a lot more obvious than the Boston Marathon, but some of the pictures uh, in the Boston Marathon bombing don't add up. And the crazy thing about that one is there was this uh, martial law style police state reaction to it where they locked down the city and were kicking people out of their homes indefinitely until, you know, they found the so-called perps murdered them <laughs> so that they can't, you know, have any type of court witness. You know, a, a patsy is what they call that, I think somebody that they that takes the fall and they, they they don't have any problem killing an innocent person and tell making up a story about him which as far as Sandy Hook uh, Adam Lanz's identity is kind of mysterious you know they don't they never sh released any pictures of any dead bodies at Sandy Hook so as far as I'm concerned there's no proof that uh, anything they said about that was true you know, I they can't even, they haven't even proved to me that Adam Lanza was even there. 
You know, he he could just be a made up kind of person with a picture they found on the internet for all I know. That or he could be, you know, one of those CIA MK Ultra types, the mind controlled uh, murder machines that the CIA has trying to weaponize people, turn them into killer robots, just like on, you know, Doctor something Doctor Evil would do. Uh, uh, I mean, it's just ridiculous that that's the world today. You have the government creating fake terrorist events, and sometimes they will go as far as actually kill people, like on 9-11, but a lot of these nowadays, they're just not even killing people anymore. It's all fake. Like, I heard uh, one podcast, a guy, a researcher, theorizing that there, there's actually an international tour of terror where they fly around journalists, they fly around actors, crisis actors, they fly around uh, pol- fake police and military types, and and to different sites around the world, all to stage terrorist attacks. You know, so they can constantly pump the fear of the public. And uh, it's just a weird, weird pattern that's cropped up ever since 9-11. Is they, they just... It makes you question all of them, too. I haven't even bothered researching them anymore. After Sandy Hook and uh, Boston Marathon bombing, I spent a good, you know, f- five days to a week on each of those ones. Like, in total. For those two. I mean, 9-11 I spent quite a bit of time on. But after those three, it's like, I don't even research them anymore. I just don't believe it, you know. If, if they want to prove... If, I'm not going to believe it. Either way, until someone actually can prove it to me, any type of terrorist attack. Now, what one of them that really stands out? There was that one at the airport about a year ago. I don't even see. There's so many that you do, you can't even remember their names anymore. Like, it was the airport over in Europe. It happened to be like, pretty sure it was right down the street from the UN. <laughs> then they had this other one this year, which was like a. Uh, in London, yeah, it was a London bombing or something like that. London shooting, I don't even know. But uh, that one had a, some suspicions, apparently. I, I just hear a few facts about them, you know, that makes sense. Like, like this one had some suspicious in the video footage of the London... Like, there was a bridge and a car had, cr- had crashed into... Uh, the guardrail, but there was no markings at all on the guardrail of, of a collision. It didn't look... I mean, the guardrail was in perfect condition. It kind of looked like um, the car had just been dropped there by, like, a, a truck or something. And it... There was no normal traffic in any of the footage. It all looked like it was closed down. And the timeline didn't really match up because there was all these vehicles there within, like, five minutes of it happening and all kinds of stuff that didn't make any sense. Like, you would would have to research these events. I'm sure you could spend days researching them. But at this point, I just assume they're all false flag attacks until proven wrong because I don't even bother wasting my time (laughs) looking into whether or not it's a false flag. Not after those three. That kind of was like, I just don't even listen to the mainstream anymore at all. Like, that's what I recommend for people. 
don't believe this terrorist bullshit. Like, the real terrorists are uh, the TSA and the police and the military. You want to know who the terrorists are? It's the IRS agents that are constantly trying to collect fake debt from people. Those are the terrorists. The terrorists, uh, you know, the, the ones that go along to get along, even if that means stepping on other people's rights. That's who the real terrorists are. You don't have to, you know, they don't have to make it all fancy like Al-Qaeda or, or whatever. You don't ever see any of those in real life. I don't. I've never once my whole life seen one of these Hollywood terrorists. But I'll tell you what I have seen a lot of. Uh, cops. I see those everywhere. And uh, the amount of fear that they're putting into the field, because first of all, the amount of fear they're under, that's where all the terror's coming from. That and those, those news people trying to scare the shit out of everybody. You know, with their fake terror stories. I don't trust them. <laughs> Another thing they tried to do is distract everybody with Donald Trump. As if, you know, Donald Trump's even relevant. Like, who gives a fuck who the president is? I don't I don't know I don't I don't I'm just totally out of touch with that whole reality now of whatever Donald Trump is doing up there it doesn't make one bit of difference to me I'm still in the matrix uh, still have to pay taxes as far as I know people are still being bombed by uh, the military the police state seems to be getting more powerful all the time like who care what what does it make a difference whether or not it was Obama or Donald Trump I haven't been paying attention. I'm sure he's doing something, but not fast enough, right? Uh, there's still cops on the street. That's the bottom line. <laughs> as far as I know, Donald Trump is like either unaware that government is slavery or he wants to be the slave master. That's certainly how, it, <laughs> how he comes off across I never once heard him bring up the Federal Reserve when it, during his campaign I mean the Federal Reserve is you know an obvious problem one of the biggest problems yeah about the only politician I've ever heard talk about the Federal Reserve is like Ron Paul and maybe Rand Paul that's it uh, I never heard Bernie Sanders ever bring up I mean I didn't listen to all of his speeches because fuck Bernie Sanders He's he's uh, a system corporate. He's a sellout. He's a communist. You know, socialist government sellout is what Bernie Sanders is. And I actually think that he is the worst out of all of the options for president this year. For, for one reason why I don't like Bernie Sanders the most, even worse than Hillary and. Uh, Donald Trump is because Bernie Sanders had this lovable old man persona a little bit like a clueless old man but somebody who appeared to you know care about um, which is what they all try to do but but he had the uh, kind of almost senile grandpa type of care who actually you know he was just very convincing with his the whole uh, I care about people other than myself <laughs> lie that that all the politicians of all time have always talked about right he he did it really good which is why i didn't like him the most because you would see people who 
uh, think they're enlightened, which, you know, everyone's enlightened to a, a degree, but people who were otherwise nice, um, maybe they were into yoga, maybe they were into uh, who knows what they're into. All types of people fell for Bernie Sanders and his nonsense. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe he did talk about the Federal Reserve, but I never once heard it. I heard him say things like big banks, you know, have failed America. But that's a lot less specific than taking it all the way to saying the whole system needs to be fucking demolished. The whole Federal Reserve dollar system has to be dropped. I never once heard Bernie Sanders take it that far. I mean, he just sounded like he was making vague... Pointing his finger in vague directions, not really naming any specific, you know, group. Just say, big money needs to be out of politics. I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right, Bernie. You think anyone believes that? I mean, a lot of people did. That's why I didn't like him. Is because he actually tricked a whole bunch of people that I knew. And it was really sad because they would hold on to that delusion. And... I try to, you know, post uh, a lot of people on Facebook. I would try to post on there, and I think they just defriended me because it was like, no, I would rather stick to the Bernie delusion, right? Can't afford that. I mean, how how can somebody work for the federal government for like their whole career and still be considered a trustworthy person? I mean, even Ron Paul, right? Ron Paul was probably the most inte integrous politician ever in the United States. You know, not counting, like, George Washington or something, but... Even Ron Paul, like, he was working for the government, and he was being paid with tax dollars. You know, stolen money. Um, he had that nice old man kind of persona, too. And, uh, he at least would talk about some of the core issues. Like, Ron Paul, I will at least give him that. He was talking about the the, the real issues to a degree. Not, not, he could have done a lot better. But, you know, being a politician, that's about as good as you can do. So what, what, what would you talk about? He would talk about America's foreign interventionalist, imperialism, nation building, and terrorist backlash... Right, that he was right on about America's war profiteering, creating terrorists who hate America and want revenge. You know, props for that one. He he wasn't afraid to bring up the Federal Reserve System. About the only politician I've ever heard do that. So props to that one. He was in favor of small government, which you know is of course better than just straight communism like Sanders and. You know, the New World Order types like Hillary Clinton is a lot better than Donald Trump. Donald Trump, you know, that wasn't really one of his campaign points. Small government. Nope. It was like trying to drain the swamp. <laughs> like, you, you can't drain a government swamp, right? They all have to just be abandoned. I got, you know, you, there's better governments... And there's worse, but yeah, the entire idea is hopeless, right? It's like why why try why try to drain a fucking swamp when you could just 
walk around, walks, you know, to a nice peaceful meadow. Forget about the, the swamp. Because, uh, you know, the swamp's just a problem that humanity needs to forget about. Just leave it behind. <laughs> Stop trying to make a swamp a livable place. Let all the alligators fight amongst themselves. And uh, even all the little poor creatures the alligators like to eat for food. Which, which you know, in this al- analogy, that would be the American people. They're the... Uh, Poor little deers that got too close to the water that, you know, weren't paying attention. Maybe had their head in the sand, ate a little bit too many GMOs, uh, had a little bit too much programming growing up in public schools and, and whatnot. Those are who the alligators are trying to eat. And then we have Donald Trump saying, well, we just need to get rid of all the alligators in the swamp. As if that's even possible. Like, this the perfect environment for an alligator. And, uh... Other swamp creatures, the government, you know, that's it's they set it up, they they built it, they have, they've all been profiting. You know, there's thousands of these government higher ups, lawmakers and judges and shit, and you know, the the idea that you can just fix that by voting for Donald Trump is fucking stupid. <laughs> it's retarded. Like, uh, people that are close to me fall for that. Voted for stupid Donald Trump. It's like, you just gotta keep learning the hard way. You know, can't can't be free. We have to have Donald Trump as our slave master. Not me, though. I don't, I don't believe Donald Trump. Not one bit. Not Hillary Clinton, not CNN. Not, uh... Not even Bill Mayer. I also think he's a coward. Bill Mayer. What a joke. (laughs) I only saw his program a few times, but every time it it just came off as like douchebag liberal uh, looking down on everyone who's not a douchebag liberal is what (laughs) uh, Bill Mayer always came across uh, to me as. But what do I know, right? I don't know Bill Mayer personally. I've only seen his show here and there. I don't know which one's more snooty, Bill Mayer. Bill Mayer's more snooty. I was going to compare him to Bill O'Reilly, but Bill O'Reilly is just... He's, like, just becoming, you know, dominator is what he is. He's not even... You know, they, they're... I don't know. I don't know how anyone can listen to Bill O'Reilly. I used to have to listen to it when I was growing up, having a Republican family. God, Bill O'Reilly, Big Big Papa. That's what Stephen Colbert calls him, Big Papa. <laughs> which which this is a funny um, analogy for government is uh, the Republicans, the Republican side of government, the red side tries to be the big protective masculine papa for everyone who was abandoned by their parent by their dad and uh then the silly democrats like hillary clinton and uh bill mayer they try to be the caring good-hearted you know do-gooders who uh just want to make sure everyone has health care because they're that much they're that loving they care so much about total strangers that they would be willing to enslave 
everybody just to give you know people who uh, were victims of the Federal Reserve Ponzi scheme just to give some of them uh, health care right health care for the people who were victimized by the economy which you know they helped to set up the liberals they help set it up. They're not doing anything to get rid of the economy. That's, you know, draining everyone's resources and enslaving everybody. No, that's not, that's supposed to be that way. We, we just need to, you know, tweak, create a free health care handout system. And uh, then everyone will be safe and happy and successful, right? Because as long as you are, have, uh, you know, some free vaccines, some free antibiotics, free surgeries and whatever else they do to you know I don't even go to the doctor anymore I haven't been in a while thankfully I'm I'm lucky but the point is is who who fucking needs free health care when you're when uh why don't we just get rid of the federal reserve right before we before we try to add more slavery why don't we take care of the slavery you know, it's like, what direction do you want to go in? Do you want to go in more slavery and pretend that that's going to work out, you know, for the benefit of everybody, which is the Democrat, you know, strategy? It's like, we just need to further enslave and take more rights and increase taxes more. You know, why don't we get into, like, censoring free speech, that kind of stuff? Um, you know, let's add health care, make everyone even more enslaved, and of course it'll be shitty health care, because everything government does is shitty. If you haven't figured that out, like, they really suck at, at everything. And the reason is, is because of the karma from taxation. Taxation uh, creates karma. Not only taxation, but they're pretending to be an authority. So they're pretending to have more rights than everyone else, and they're pretending it's their sole responsibility to do all these stupid jobs that they do. Like, building the roads is them and only them, and it has to be their way, or they'll just fucking kill you. Like, that's karma. You know, you can't act like that and expect to have spiritual protection. So for people, a group of people to be constantly acting that way and threatening people, stealing money, uh, claiming they have more rights, and, you know, violently punishing anybody who thinks, you know, who, who just wants to exercise their own natural rights. Anything a group like that does is going to suck, because that's what happens when you have bad karma. Everything you do sucks. <laughs> so this is why, you know, all of these government organizations always fail. Like... The FDA is a good example. Their their supposed you know their job is supposed to be to make sure all of the food is safe and all of the drugs are safe, right? I mean, there's so much fucking there's so many foods out there and so many millions of drugs now. Like it's just unrealistic to expect one group of people to even be able to test all of that. So what what is it you know that in reality what is the FDA? Well, it's controlled by the pharmaceutical industry and they're basically employees of the pharmaceutical industry. Like the the pharmaceutical industry doesn't have to pay them directly. They just have to you know get their men 
in the uh, higher up positions of the FDA, and uh, that you know they will uh, the FDA will then be used to test whatever drugs the pharmaceutical companies that pay them or control them. Whatever drugs they're coming out with, the FDA will, that'll be the first priority for the FDA people, is uh, we're going to study first and foremost the drugs that Bayer Pharmaceuticals and whoever the other big drug companies are. Bayer's a good one. We'll study their drugs first. Everyone else who wants to have a medicine, well, you know, because that hasn't been scientifically tested and approved by us, the FDA, well, you can't sell it. But the catch is is that we only have a limited number of resources available. We only have a few science scientists. We only have a little bit of government funding to pay those few scientists. And we don't have enough funding to hire any more scientists. Not unless you increase taxes, right? See, this is where the Democrats come in. They have to increase taxes so that we can have more funding for for drug testing because you know the FDA can only can only test so many drugs a year and uh, so if, so how are they going to keep everybody safe if they only have you know a few a few billion dollars we ne they need to have a lot more billion dollars to keep everybody safe from all these dangerous drugs and plants and shit so uh, I mean, that's just one example. I mean, the other example is the shitty government roads. I mean, I don't have anything to compare to, but I just see problems. The main problem being the control freak issue of the roads. Like, they have these demonic controlled police officers, you know, just patrolling the fucking streets so that you can't even focus on driving because there's these, you know, traitors to humanity, enemies... There's the enemy is just like in your neighborhood all the time. You never know where where he is. You you uh, so that's a distraction because anytime you see them, you're just like, oh shit, was I speeding? You know, was I like swerving or, or anything? I don't know. It's a big distraction. The other thing that's shitty about the roads is all the signage. Way way too much signage. These you know useless speed limit signs everywhere. You know, because nobody pays attention to them anyway, because, you know, you naturally want to drive like 10 miles over. And that's the whole point, is they make it slow so that everyone will naturally be speeding. Which just stresses everybody out and makes the roads more dangerous. Because if, if you're constantly having to look over your shoulder about where a fucking pig might be posted up, and constantly checking your speed limit, because, it, you know, it's supposed to be... So, so you can slam on the brakes anytime you might happen to see a pig, you know, to get back down to whatever the recommended speed limit is, which is always ridiculously slow. And the entire concept of a speed limit is invalid anyway, because, you know, the, the different cars, they each have their own safe speed. Like, my car is a Subaru Outback. It doesn't go as fast as a lot of the other ones on the highway, especially if it's raining. My, I notice a lot of people can, are able to drive a lot faster than me when it's raining on the highway. Big fucking deal, you know. They don't run into me. They just they just get in the passing lane and pass me. You know, I don't think that they should be uh, threatened with violence 
And, you know, these are death threats, what these cops are doing, constantly threatening everybody with death. You know, comply or die is, is their whole attitude. Good example of that, I saw a video of, like, a cop, you know, on Facebook saying how everything's getting more dangerous and there's more terrorists everywhere and uh, they just need the, us citizens to just do them one favor. And then he, he looks and he tries to be all hard-ass about it and he kind of gets, you know, yells at it almost in an angry way. It was very abrasive. He was like, just comply, comply. That's his strat solution, you know, do what I say because I'm God here. And if you don't comply, well, then it's your fault when I kill you, right? That's the whole attitude of the police. It really is. It's like they will blame the victim, and then they will say, because the victim didn't do everything I say immediately, that's why I had to shoot him. I mean, you see this over and over and over again. It really is sad, you know, watching all of these people die one at a time. They're... they're a lot of times they weren't doing anything wrong. Usually it's like a lot of times it's the cop that was and started the violence. That's how you know when somebody's wrong is who started the fight. And uh, the police are professional fight starters. That's what they do. But And then they sit here and demand that you lay down and uh, just let them do whatever the hell they want. And we're just supposed to trust that they're not going to stomp your face in the ground, even though we've seen it over and over again on YouTube. People who do comply and still get the sh shit knocked out of them or, you know, shot, they still want us to, to comply with their every demand. I mean, even if, even if there wasn't a problem with police brutality, just the fact that they want people to comply with their demands when you know a lot of these people aren't they're just they're they're not harming anyone's natural rights right and another subtlety of this whole dynamic is that a lot of times the cops think that people need to comply with their demands in order for them to do their job and if if they happen to uh, have made a mistake and the person didn't comply, well, the person, you know, deserves to be shot, even if we were investigating the wrong guy. Like, I saw them on YouTube last week or so. They had heard a report on the phone. Somebody called in and said there was a suspicious person. You know, it was a bunch of white cops, and then the, the suspicious person was black. You know, go figure. But... So, right, so a suspicious person in a poor black neighborhood. So what do they do? You see them speed off to the where maybe the location might have been, all based on somebody calling in. You know, this is all hearsay. They have no real evidence that there was a suspicious person, right, or that anything, they, no way of actually knowing, you know, what happened. They, they're just responding to a call which is their job, right? They're supposed to act this way, and that's the fucked up thing about it. That's why they have to quit their fucking jobs is because there's no excuse for it. It doesn't even matter if it's your job. At behaving in this way is not a right ever. So what they did in this video, they sped off into the neighborhood and found, you know, like 
10-year-old kids, like a group of five 10-year-old black kids, right in front of their mom's house. And they get out, and they, they two of them, they get out and immediately draw their weapons and point guns at the kids and start de- you know, making demands, yelling at them, t- demanding that they get on the ground and put their hands up and shit. And it's like, that's not a right. It doesn't even matter if they, you know, you thought they were suspicious or even if they were suspicious. Like, you don't sit there and hold people at gunpoint who weren't doing anything. I mean, even if you thought they were doing something, if you were wrong about, <laughs> then you're wrong. That Like, you can't just sit here and th- claim that you thought that they, you know, were doing something and that somehow makes what you did right. That's not how natural law works. Like, you want to you wanna know for sure that somebody, you know, is in, va- in violation of natural law before you ever pull a gun and point it at them because you know what they tell civilians whenever you get you get gun training is never point a weapon at somebody unless you're ready to kill them you know on the spot but for some reason this whole this whole uh i guess they just don't teach cops that right in the in the training they 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 must be teaching them something completely different than don't point weapons at people unless you you're ready to to shoot them i think that because a lot of times you'll see them pointing guns at people who are not a threat and maybe just to threaten them. You know, they are bullies. A lot of them are, and maybe they get off on having make it, watching people shit their pants and, you know, piss themselves, you know, when they put a gun in their face. Like, you literally see this. You'll see them acting like a movie star, trying to, like... uh like as if the person's a terrorist or something, and it's just an average everyday guy, and then they end up, you know, putting a gun in their head, and they're like right up to their head, all dramatic, like it's the movies or something. I've seen it in multiple of these police videos, and they'll do it to people on the ground after one of them's. Another thing they like to do, you know, you have a guy on the ground, you have like three or four officers on on him already. And then they will still continue to just beat him up, right? They it's like they have no patience. They can't, they can't sit there and wait till he tires out and then handcuff him. No, they just have to, you know, tase him, torture him to death. On and a lot of them die with the tasers. They they'll sit there and torture them with the tasers, or they'll just physically beat them up until they get their compliance because they don't, they can't wait. You know, you already have him under control on the ground, but you can't wait until he gives up. You can't talk him into to give him up. No, it's just let's just uh, beat beat the hell out of him until I get my compliance. And uh, apparently, it's job well done, right? Like that's how the law is. Is uh, if you don't comply with them, well, then it's your fault for whatever they do, and they will sit there and. Blame you, the victim, for what they are doing to you. They were, they, you'll hear them on YouTube saying things, like interviews. They will say like, "Well, I don't want to have to hurt people," and that's why it's always important that the people always comply with everything I say, because I don't want to have to hurt them, as if they have no choice at that point, right? You know, uh. Why why is it that I'm the only one who has a problem with police, you know? I know I'm not, but sometimes it certainly seems like it. Because I was just at a concert the other night. 
And I immediately noticed the slavery and the groupthink. Immediately as soon as I walked in to uh, Gilead's Theater downtown. There was a guy, Buddy Rich, I think. Uh, not him, Buddy Guy, blues player. Playing guitar. Pretty decent concert. The opening band was really good. So as soon as I get there... I notice there's a line for fucking security, like it's the TSA or something. I'm like, oh no, not. <laughs> yeah, and sure enough, they have these uh, kind of order followers. Somebody being paid by the theater, I guess, to uh, wand everyone with a metal detector wand. You know, in case someone in case someone dared to bring a weapon in to protect themselves from from strangers, a bunch of strangers meeting in a, a building, and how dare anybody bring a weapon into an environment full of strangers? How dare how dare you? <laughs> how dare you want to protect yourself from p potential threats? You can't even bring a knife in there. They wouldn't even let me bring my water in there, right? I mean, what is that shit? So not only are they trying to protect, you know, allegedly protect the audience members, but they also are there to make sure that we have to buy water from them. It sounds a little greedy. But, uh... So I was like, man, not this again. So they make you empty your pockets. No, you know, that type of... Groupthink and slavery, I just don't... It doesn't mesh well with me. And if I did happen to have wanted to bring a gun in, you think I'm going to, like, be bothered by... <laughs> you know, if I if somebody was going in there with the intent of being, like, a terrorist, right? A random terrorist. Or, you know, a government-paid CIA mind control. MKUltra. Uh, Adam Lanza-type person, right? You know, psychotropic drugs, suicide soldier. <laughs> say say one of them, or even a group of three of them, right? Because uh, there's no reason they couldn't work in groups of three, but it, really there only needs to be one, you know. Walks in there with a uh, carbine rifle, few pistols, and all they had the, to protect, you know, to allegedly protect everyone in the theater... There was hundreds of people there. There was only one, you know, cop at the door just sitting there. One, you know, standing by the uh, people wanding everybody. That's the only guy who had a weapon in the whole fucking building. Of hundreds of people. You know, he had a taser and a little pistol. So, let's say a crazy person did decide to walk in and shoot everybody. Like, it would be easy to catch the cart off the guard, the uh, cop off guard, and then every, you know, it's a gun-free zone at that point, and everybody's sitting in the theater is just sitting ducks, right? You know, have a go ape shit on them, just like that thing that allegedly happened at that Florida nightclub. Again, I don't believe anything the news says, and it, I did see a couple suspicious things. I mean, I only did like five minutes of research on that one because I was just over it. But I did see a couple things that maybe made it seem like it was possibly a false flag. Like like one of the people that was being interviewed was 
a known actor, a Hollywood actor, a B B movie actor, which is a pattern that all you know comes up over and over again with these events. There just happens to be actors that are being interviewed. Nothing suspicious about that. But uh, that's what that's what's fucked up about this retarded obsession with uh, alleged safety. And you know, cre- creating gun-free zones everywhere. Like he, I can't, I don't even carry a gun only because I don't know where the fucking gun-free zones are. How how are you supposed to know? They're everywhere. Like you, you really think I have time to go on the internet and research every possible gun-free zone? I mean, that just kind of ruins the whole Second Amendment. It really does. Like you can't take it to the fucking airport. Are you serious? You can't take it to uh, any government building. Like, it's just so stupid. <laughs> can't take it to the park. Or can you? I don't know. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. How the fuck am I supposed to know? Federal parks have different rules than the state parks. The city parks have different rules than the state parks and the federal parks. How the fuck are you supposed to know <laughs> where you can take a gun? Like, this is a, a totally unsafe situation. Because the holographic universe, again, if you can't... The only way to make it safe anywhere is to make it so that every individual is safe and the only way for that to really happen is for the individual to be empowered to uh, be responsible for his own safety right if they choose so you know nobody is uh, responsible for anyone else's safety ultimately in the ultimate sense especially once you're an adult and you really you know you want to take responsibility in the world Keeping, you know, being responsible for your own safety is the ultimate truth to the universe, right? That's it, and, uh... So anywhere where you have to give up that right is not a safe environment. It's just not. So, here I am at the theater. Just, you know... It's just sad that, uh... That's what America is now. Country, you know, with a Second Amendment. Does any of the other countries have a Second Amendment? I don't know. But this one does. <laughs> and it's fucking meaningless, right? I mean, we still, we can buy guns. That's that's better than nothing. A lot better than nothing. But how, you know, you can't get, leave your house with them. Because there's a billion fucking rules, you know. It's just so stupid. At least Missouri's not as bad as other places. You know, they do. You don't have to have a permit in Missouri. So that's nice. What else? You can open carry now? That's nice because... I don't know about you, but concealed carrying uh, a pistol is fucking uncomfortable, man. I would rather open carry it. You know, at least it's on the outside of your belt and not stuck in your underwear. You know. It's just so uncomfortable that it deters me from doing it, right? I don't like it. So I'm grateful that, you know, you don't even have to have a permit in Missouri at all, concealed or open, but and they allow open carry. But still, I just don't know where you're allowed to do it and where you're not. Like, you know, they, they, they leave this up to the business owner. 
which, you know, brings a whole nother dynamic into it because here we go back into groupthink, you know, what is a business and how, you know, how is it determined who owns it and who gets to make all the rules for the business? Usually the owner isn't there. Usually. Depends on the business. Like Walmart. You know, there is no owner of Walmart. And, you know, it's like some board of directors, CEO types, somewhere way across the country, they get to determine what Walmart's corporate policy is on firearms, right? Like Whole Foods, they had a sign posted in Little Rock when I lived there, no guns allowed in Whole Foods. It's like, who made that decision? Did the owner of the store even make that decision or was it a fuck, you know, Whole Foods CEO? And has anybody that works at Whole Foods ever even met the CEO of Whole Foods who made that rule? Oh, and it's a double standard because the cops can walk in with guns all day long. Like, they, I saw them in there. So, so one group of people are allowed to have guns in Whole Foods. Cops. And they another stupid thing they do at Whole Foods is they will hire the police to be the guard in the fucking store. You know, because it's in a gun-free zone, so they have to have a guard, I guess. I don't know what... We're just to spy on everyone and make sure no one shoplifts. Something like that. Intimidate people. <laughs> Intimidate people in the name of safety, right? You know, we we just want you to feel safe. That's why we have this prison guard here. With a gun that you have to walk past on your way out, right? And you better not look at him funny because he might get funny ideas that, you know... Especially if you have the wrong skin color. <laughs> Yeah, so so he's allowed to have weapons and open carry them in Little Rock. Nobody else is, so he's allowed to be safe, and somehow he's responsible for all these other adults' safety. Something you know doesn't sound right about that, at least to me. Doesn't definitely doesn't sound equal. Not even close. So it's like let's let's say a, a terrorist walks into Whole Foods. A legitimate crazy guy. You think he's going to pay any attention at all to the gun-free zone sign? He changed his mind at the last second. It was like, oh, that sign says gun-free zone. I, I guess I can't walk in here and, you know, shoot everybody because there's a gun-free zone sign. Oh, well, I guess I'll go down the street to where they do allow guns. Wait, wait, no, I can't go there because someone might have a gun and they might defend themselves against me. So, shit, I, I guess I'll just go back home and forget all about my crazy plan to mass murder people. No, that's, that's not how terrorists think. Obviously, the gun-free zone sign, you know, it's not some magic talisman that's going to stop stop crazy people. That isn't how it works. So let's say he, go, he walks in there. All he has to do is head straight for the cop, shoot the cop. Oh, now there's no one else who has a gun. I just got rid of the one person who's allowed to have a gun. Hopefully, you know, there might be a, a brave citizen who doesn't listen to rules like that and just, like, says, fuck it, man. I'm I'm always going to have my gun. <laughs> fuck gun-free zones. I was just not going to go into a place like that. That's what, that's what some of them do. They just choose never to go into a gun-free zone. But it's like, seems like it does involve at least some research to know where you're allowed to go. 
Maybe not even that much research. Maybe I'm just being lazy about it, but I find it annoying because it's just like if you do want to go into a gun-free zone and you don't want to be in violation, right? Say you like open carrying and it would be obvious if you have a gun. You have to leave it in the car, right? You leave it in the car and go into your gun-free zone. Do whatever you got to do in there. Then you come back and uh, so that, that you're taking a chance. You're assuming that your car is not going to be broken into, right? Not really. A lot of times it's like, you know, just less complicated to just not even bring the gun out of the house. Because then you don't have to worry about people breaking into your car and getting a fucking gun. And then, you know, shooting you when you come, when you notice that they're breaking into your car, right? Just got to make it, you know, complicated. That's how the law is. They overcomplicate everything. We can't just have, you know, freedom. That's too simple. No, we have to have a million statutes and by bylaws and com common law this and million different laws. Little little left brain rules. No no principles. No. It all has to be written down on paper and you know the the ability of an order follower to kind of have an idea of what he's supposed to be doing. And it can be vague, right? We can make it vague too. We can make it vague or we can make it very specific. We can we can take specific rights or we can just, you know, make a law like the Patriot Act, which can be applied to uh, <laughs> so broad that we'll just take all the rights with one swoop. One little swing of the pin and now we have all the rights. <laughs> I mean, how is that supposed to make anyone feel safe? You know, we have a Second Amendment now, but are we going to have it tomorrow? Because if, if, if the law can change at any time, depending on the whims of a bunch of total strangers, then, you know, that's that sounds a little shaky. Like, you're not even on f firm, ground, grounded foundation, right? I mean, how... Like, the Second Amendment... You know, it's amazing it lasted this long, but they chip a little bit away of it every day, and at some point, it's like a joke. It's a big fucking joke. Like, I don't even take it seriously. I mean, yeah, I do. I'm thankful to have a few guns, but as long as statism is still powered, that, that, that right is always under attack constantly by the left and the right. They, you know, the new world order. As long as this stuff is not, it continues to go in the wrong direction, which is the direction of slavery. We might be headed in the direction of freedom. It might seem like sometimes they're they're trying to lock everything down, but that might actually be weakness showing its face. They might be getting desperate. You know, the controllers. Like it, you know. There's a saying. It's always darkest right before the dawn. So, uh, I mean, at least in my mind, I've already headed to freedom. So I did the first half of the great work. Working on the second half, so uh, according to natural law, you know, I'm heading towards freedom. I'm going into the universes where freedom does exist. So 
So I'm not even really worried about it. The Second Amendment and everything. All these bullshit laws. It's just part of the karma. You know, even if they do get rid of the Second Amendment, well then it's fuck it. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll worry about that when, that when that day comes. I'm just here doing the great work. Doing my share. You know, informing other people that the Second Amendment is under attack and, and that, you know, this, the Constitution has no validity anyway. And it doesn't matter what they write down on paper because carrying weapons is always a right no matter what. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Like, they can't, you know, who cares if they attack the Second Amendment? Does that change anything? It just makes their order followers, you know, that much more vicious and stupid. So, yeah, that, you know, their programming changes and it does have effects on people's rights. You know, these order followers, a lot of them, um, not all of them, some of them will quit, I'm sure. If if they're, you know, if they're ordered to take people's guns and enter houses, at some point, for for a lot of them, the, con the uh, conscience will snap back on. But there's always those psychopaths and those ones that, you know, so are in so much fear that, yeah, they'll do anything. Don't think they're they're not out there. I mean, the military's full of them, and a lot of these cops are uh, military veterans, right? Like they got they just got done being programmed and doing God knows what to people. Now they're doing the same thing to us, fuckers. Yeah, that's what that's that uh, anarchist slogan "Come and take it" is for. <laughs> Oh man. How about just we we stick with don't take it. Don't even try. How about that? That's a little more positive. Don't even try to take it. You know. <laughs> then we're not encouraging them, you know. Some of them are crazy. They they might they might they might, you know, they just got out of a war zone, so they're like, "Yeah, fuck, I don't care about myself." <laughs> Why not just kind of try to take people? That sounds fun, you know, an adrenaline rush. Maybe I will die in the process, but I don't really like myself anyway. So I'm <laughs> I've been programmed to hate myself and not think for myself, so fuck it, dude. Let's just try to take all the Americans' guns away. <laughs> oh, that that'll never work out, man. Not as long as I'm still alive. You know, it sounds extreme the whole come and take it thing and defending yourself against a fucking standing army of order following a robotic mind controlled crazies you know the police and the national guard and shit you know when they when they inevitably you know they already have betrayed the people and they're doing it every day and it's just like as the state crumbles and the belief in authority goes to zero I don't know. We, there might be an extreme time. Hopefully it'll go to zero and, you know, they'll just quit in peace. and They'll stop listening. They'll, more and more of them will quit and we won't even have these problems. I don't. There'll be little pockets of uh, violence here and there. It's, you know, that's how it always works. I don't think it's nothing really to be that afraid of because uh, usually in a war, there's only violence in small pockets of, of the... Uh, world right it's like yeah the state will get really extreme in certain certain areas but the majority of us aren't going to be experiencing that all the time it's just will be like here and there 
But the reason why you never, ever, ever want to give your guns away to the government is because once they take, once they have your guns, you're at their mercy. And the truth is, is Americans are already at the mercy of the government because, yeah, we have some small arms, and so that'll do something. It'll do a lot. But what the government has now uh, is so far ahead technologically. Like, they've they've limited the uh, individual's rights to bear arms so much for so long. I mean, this this goes back a long time. I don't even know when it first started. But at some point, the military was given more rights than the American citizens. And the military started developing these more high-tech weapons. And none of that was... That was always off-limits for American citizens. And uh, so this creates a uh, power differential where... Uh, police and military have more are allowed to have more powerful firepower than civilians and anytime you know you have a group with more f with more powerful uh, technologically advanced weapons compared to another group it makes it a lot easier for that group to control the other group so we're already fucking screwed I mean not I mean we outnumber them so that's hopeful but the, f the problem with that is that there's so many brainwashed retards walking around that it doesn't even matter if we outnumber them because a lot of these people will turn will turn on the anarchists you know it's just like the movie the matrix where you have a tiny tiny percentage of people far less than one percent who are actually awake and understand what the state is and what you know the agents in the movie the matrix are they understand the program, and they understand how deadly it is. And just like in the movie The Matrix, where uh, the, the agent, Mr. Smith, he can take over a person's consciousness who's plugged into The Matrix but isn't awake. You know, one of the sheeple walking around in everyday American life. The agent represents the incorrect false beliefs in authority. And... You know, the people, the sheeple, yes, we're all trying to free them. But until their minds are free and they unplug from the Matrix and they no longer perceive authority as legitimate, they, they'll fucking betray you. Like, if they think that they will sit there and help the police, you know, try to uh, oppress people, right? Like, say there was an anarchist group that, you know, developed freedom. I mean, a lot of them are already on their way. A lot of them probably have already manifested quite a bit that I'm unaware of. And more and more will. There will be more and more groups that are uh, taking real action and getting off the system, you know, de declaring independence, withdrawing consent, and saying no to government. Federal government, too. Not, you know, we're not going to be controlled anymore. We're going we're gonna to live in our little area, and we're not obeying any state, city, or county, or federal laws. Period. Will be there will be more and more groups of people doing that, and you know that's a threat to the the feds and the counties and the and the states. And so, what are they going to do? Uh, they might, you know, I'm not saying they'll do this every time, but they might. There's always the possibility that they'll send order followers, police and military, in 
to smash, you know, this group that thinks they're free, right? Make an example out of them so that no one else gets this crazy idea that they should be free. And uh, at this point, you will have some programmed people still, a lot of programmed people who will think that the police are always right because, you know, it's, it's part of the program. The, the part of the program says that the police can never, ever be wrong. And you see this come out on YouTube videos all the time. It's like these obvious police brutality videos where cops are just being power-tripping, you know, douchebags, uh, violating natural law. And it's like you'll see comments on YouTube always siding with the police. A lot of them, not all of them, but, you know, you have these conservative, I don't know, types. I don't know how to psychologically profile these people. But bottom line is they believe in authority, and they will sit here and spout propaganda about how the person should have complied, and it was that they, it was their fault because if they weren't doing, if they weren't breaking the law, then they would have never, you know, had this would have never happened, and they must have been doing something wrong, and they didn't comply fast enough, and therefore the cop had to shoot him. <laughs> well, they're called bootlickers, you know, Nazi lovers. You see him on YouTube videos in the comment section a lot. I think as the the freedom message is catching on, and you're starting to see more and more. You know, freedom comments. I don't sit sit on YouTube all day or anything and check check comments on Larkin Rose videos, but sometimes I do. And uh, YouTube's kind of neat. Like on the Larkin Rose videos, I saw uh, people arguing over you know the classic status versus anarchist arguments, and it was like you know they're maybe they're making progress on there. I don't know. Seems like it's better than not, because there was quite a few people who were supporting Larkin on there. And then you had your, your people that were questioning it, and, you know, maybe stuck to the dogma for now, but that's part of the process of hacking it out. I think it's more effective in person, because you can, you know, your spirit comes through better in words. That's what's, what's kind of a, the advantage of the podcast, because, you know, my spirit comes, comes through fairly well. It is a one-sided communication, but... uh so it's still better than, you know, words. I guess you can do a two-way communication th through text message on, on YouTube comments, but you just, you see the programmed people siding with police, and it's like they will help them. I, I can, I guarantee you some of them would help the police. If it came to a shit-is-fan situation, and the police got, turn, it turned into martial law, where they, they, or God here now, and there's no other authority except them, and, you know, they try to run the place. You, you, some of the people with Stockholm Syndrome might tell on, you know, an anarchist, right, a group that thinks they're free. You might have this do-gooder who uh, despises people who are more free than him. You know, they'll call the cops and be like, hey, there's these, there's these anarchists over there, and uh, they're breaking the law. Let's go get them. Stuff like that. I just... They're the people who uh, the agent, Mr. Smith, can morph into. 
they'll betray humanity and not even realize that's what they're doing. It's like, it happens to me all the time. I already had a podcast where I told, told about all my bad experiences with police, and a lot of them was people calling cops on me when I'm just minding my own goddamn business. Because apparently I'm too fucking suspicious looking. Being a being a male, I guess I'm a, automatically a threat to everybody, and you know, and I should just walk around and not look up. Don't ever look at anybody. <laughs> I just randomly, it's happened like multiple times. That one time when uh, I was walking through the neighborhood with a backpack, I have a fucking soccer mom call the pigs on me. I don't know what the fuck she's thinking. She had the hateful look in her eye, though. She's she she was being controlled by that Archon program. Mister Smith got into her. <laughs> Such a good spiritual allegory, man. The Matrix. So that's the reason why it was my favorite movie. In middle school, I didn't, I didn't completely understand it, but I think all, all those guns and mysteriousness, the whole idea that it's a computer simulation and you can unplug from it, that's kind of neat. It's kind of like psychedelics, unplug from the Matrix for a little bit. Go somewhere else, man. Sometimes the Matrix is just too much. That's why I'm thankful for dreams, right? I need some plug for a bit. Experience something else. <laughs> Sometimes when I wake up in the morning, I'm just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm back in the Matrix. No. <laughs> no. I just want to go back to sleep for maybe an hour. Just for one more hour, please. <laughs> That's kind of nice when you do are able to go back to sleep because uh, that's when you have a lot of dreams after you're after the sun comes up, if you can, uh, you know, use the bathroom, go back to sleep for about an hour. Get some. That's when you have a lot of those really powerful dreams, which I really like. I enjoy those. You know, you never know what will happen in the dreams. Could be something good. I think it depends on uh, the emotions you're carrying and the stuff you think about. <sighs> You know, I'm still not at the point where I'm having the really, really good dreams, you know, consistently. Occasionally they'll happen, but I've been really working on my emotions and uh, not, as you know, I figured out patterns. Thanks in part to uh, the psychedelics and the ceremonies and shit, but I figured out a few patterns this year. One thing I used to do, it's called chasing the dragon. And for me, the dragon was girls. For some people, the dragon's heroin. That's where the term comes from. <laughs> so the term chasing the dragon comes from a heroin addict who wants to get back to that feeling that he had when he first hit the heroin. You know, that first time you hit it, the opiates, and it felt so magical, and your body felt good, and you're calm in your mind, whatever it is they feel. After you get addicted, you don't feel that way anymore, no matter how much smack you're taking. And, but So the heroin addict uh, will try to get back to that feeling. 
So they'll keep hitting it and keep hitting it and keep hitting it. And they just can't get it. It's called chasing the dragon because you never fucking catch the dragon. <laughs> you can't catch the goddamn dragon. So, like, I was doing that for two years. Trying to chase girls. Never fucking catch them, man. Just can't, you know. They don't want to be caught, right? That's why I had to figure out. Peyote helped me. It was like telling me. It's like, dude, stop chasing, man. You're not going to catch them. <laughs> I finally I finally got it, though. I finally noticed, you know, that that is what's happening. And, and it was stressing me out, making me really feel terrible about myself. Because I, I felt like it was my fault I couldn't catch the goddamn dragon. Because I, I had heard on the internet that you could catch it. Like, i seen these dating coaches. They tell you to go chase the dragon. And they'd be like, yeah, you can catch it. Just go chase go chase and you got to say this and that and you got to be happy and and they'll like it and then you'll catch them i'm like i tried didn't fucking work tried it for two years just made me feel horrible about myself every time because you waste you waste like hours sometimes chasing it they'll tell they'll encourage you on the internet too they'll be like yeah just stay up all night stay up all night and and don't go home until morning Which, in Springfield, the bars don't open overnight, thankfully, or else I'm sure I would have, you know, wasted a whole night a couple times. There's a pattern that goes back quite a few years for me, actually. I used to do it before I had my last girlfriend. I used to go out and uh, waste a bunch of time trying to chase the dragon, never fucking catch it. That's the worst, is when you chase for hours, and you come home empty-handed, and you're like, fuck, I imagine what I could have done instead of chasing the dragon. Could have played piano, I could have read a book, I like reading, but how, you know, how am I supposed to read when I haven't caught the dragon yet? I need to catch the dragon first, then I can have, then I'll be happy, and then I can read. <laughs> So I haven't been chasing. You know, my emotions have gotten a lot better. They're not perfect yet. Trying to get it to where I'm experiencing a lot more of the positive emotions. Less of the uh, stress. Today, I experienced a lot of stress. Because my energy level was so high. My sexual energy... It just burns your brain a little bit. It feels, you know, it burns your soul having that much fire. Like, uh, I just, just I realized I was like, I have to relax. That was my defense mechanism today, because if you let it, it'll it'll literally burn your brain if you start getting stressed out and you know start getting negative about it and thinking that you're in pain. If you start hallucinating that your body's in pain because of all of the sexual energy, it will feel painful. And then your brain will get all stressed out and your mind... My my mind had these negative patterns where it was like trying to, uh, you know, just complain endlessly about my life situation. Just complain, complain, complain. It's like no, you know, you you have to have girls in your life, or you'll feel or you'll feel bad, and you don't have any. So now, now everything's shitty, and then your life sucks, 
and it's all shit, and it's never gonna change, and you, you know, you tried to chase a dragon, and it didn't, you can't fucking catch it, and everything's shitty, and there's nowhere you can go right now, cause the, cause, uh, it's daytime, and the bars aren't open, and the bars suck anyway, and <laughs> you tried online dating, and that shit sucks, <laughs> so you're just fucked, you know, you're just, you're just gonna be miserable, I literally used to have thought patterns like that that were on repeat, like all day long, all day, every day, which is part of why I hated waking up in the morning is because those fucking thoughts were the first thing that would pop into my mind of how I, uh, I need something and I can't get it, and uh, therefore I'm, I'm hungry, and therefore I'm stressed out, and therefore everything's in pain. It's real, man. That's that's some real stressful stuff. The peyote helped me with that a lot. And one day I started a question. I was like, well, am I in pain or am I just telling myself I'm in pain? And at that point, I started to realize that it was just a mind virus of me telling myself over and over and over again that I was in pain because I didn't have girls in my life and therefore I had to be in pain. And what, then my body literally felt like I was in pain only because that thought was repeating endlessly in my head. And that thought had bad emotions that would come up. Because it's a vibration. That thought has a, is a vibration that creates um, vibrations that match that one in the, in the body and in the emotions. So it was literally making me in pain all all day, every day. But it was a hallucinated pain. As I said, I'm not perfect, but feeling a lot better. Trying to get to the upward spiral, though, where I can have uh, really, really positive emotions. Lots of them. Just got to take it one day at a time. Podcast helps. It's a nice vibe, even if I do just sit there and bash police endlessly. It probably gets a little repetitive just hearing me go over it again. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm doing the great work for all those people who refuse to talk about it, right? Some, somebody has to talk about it endlessly because until they go away, we, you know, the great work's not over, right? I still see them. I'll still look out my window and see fucking pigs everywhere. That means uh, you can't stop talking about them because uh, until everyone hears it, you know, don't stop casting the spells kind of thing. And uh, the one one thing that's good is when you're constantly casting these spells, you'll make sure to cover all the bases because if I just gave one speech about the police and that was it, you know, one YouTube video, and that was the entire, the entirety, you know, like, I might have missed something that video, right? I might have missed one aspect of it. Might Maybe my energy wasn't right that day, and I didn't convince, you know, everyone I could have. So who cares if you repeat the message over and over again? Fuck it, dude. That's, that's what the great work is. Like, the truth is eternal. We're just here to give it a voice. So if you have to just, you know, endlessly repeat all this shit like a broken record, Mark Passio used to call himself on, on his podcast Mr. Broken Re Record, I think is something like that. He used to call himself Mr. Broken Record only because he just repeats the same shit over and over again in different ways, and it's beautiful, you know? that's I, I mean, I like hearing it from him. 
it's not like it's the exact same. He has different energy some days, and some some days he he bring bring up make it more extreme and just very empowering. Hearing somebody call out the state, Larkin Rose is another example. He just endlessly repeats this shit all the time, all day, every day, on all the his social media that he does, like Facebook, and he's he he was on there for a while. He still is. I don't ever see his posts because stupid Facebook's algorithm, it censors everybody's shit. Like, you don't see the stuff people post. You don't, the only thing you see on Facebook is the most popular posts. Which is kind of fucked up that, uh, you know, the truth is never, <laughs> never the most popular when you're in hell, you know, living in hell. Of course the truth isn't going to be the most popular thing. But people's fucking uh, kid- kittens... Their dogs and what they had for dinner, and you know, I don't know what else. Their selfie pictures. <laughs> All of that is more important than uh, the police state that's right in your backyard. Fuck that. No one wants to look at that. But we'll look at. We'll share. You know, our cat videos. <laughs> it's going down though. Like I, you know. I'm not even threatened by it anymore. I'm over it, man. I'm I'm on the right path, spirit spiritually protected because I am doing the great work. So I can say whatever the fuck I want. Fuck the police, man. Don't fuck them. Divorce them. I think the uh, saying "fuck the police" that needs to be replaced with "release the police." A friend of mine came up with that one, and I think it's brilliant. Because when you say fuck the police, there's this uh, um, subconscious connotation uh, that is not the correct intention, right? You know, you, if you say fuck the police, they might think, people hearing it might, it might put in the idea in their head that, you know, they literally need to have sex with the cops, which that's the exact opposite of what anybody needs to do like that that's called supporting a dominator because if you do that then they'll think that they're doing you know they're winning at life if you keep fucking them they'll think they're winning you know because they're getting the good good lovings so don't fuck the police definitely don't even don't even touch them you know don't do it at all man tell them tell them to quit um avoid them the only you know your interactions with them you could you could be nice to them but sure as hell don't fuck them like that makes you a nazi fucker <laughs> don't fuck them man i mean be nice to them i guess but one one of the hard things that they need to hear is that they're doing shit wrong right that's being nice telling somebody that when they're on the wrong path is is being nice to them you know cuz it's giving them an opportunity to learn that's nice. That's what a caring person does. Right? I mean, if I was on the wrong path and somebody came up and told me I was on the wrong path, that's that's being nice, man. Even if they didn't fuck me. <laughs> yeah, this, this podcast uh, is kind of out of control tonight. I know somebody got value out of it. Because, you know, uh, I'm just doing my, my thing. So, uh, that's... What Nathan's Freedom Zone is all, all about. If you don't like it, <laughs> turn the fucking station off, man. Get as offended as you like.
I mean, if you're still listening, obviously you're getting something out of it. So, uh, you know, thanks for the support. Don't be afraid to do the great work yourself because, you know, how, how do you expect everyone else to do it if you're not doing it, right? That's what I came to realize. It's like if I want to be free, then I should probably be doing something to, you know, support the cause of freedom and the truth. And, you know, looking at the bad stuff is part of that, too. I was like talking about the bad stuff, right? You don't want to be like those three monkeys, hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil, just pretend like evil isn't there. That ain't going to get you free. It's like it's like a, if you woke up one morning and your house was a total fucking disaster. Looks like a tornado hit it. You know, there, there's trash everywhere. The laundry hasn't been done. The dishes are all piling up in the sink. There's food. There's ants. Oh, you got fucking ants. Yeah, the refrigerator's just packed full of condiments and no actual food. Just just old condiments, like five years old condiments in there. <laughs> you know, you got a big you you have a path, a nice path to the door and to the fridge, but there's shit all piled up everywhere. Old food on the carpet. You think you can just ignore that, right? Is that a stra- is that a successful strategy? See, see, see no evil. Just just stay focused on your little path. Keep your blinders on. Don't don't look at that big pile of garbage in the kitchen. You know all the trash that you haven't taken out. Don't look at that trash, and it'll go away. It won't it won't be able to affect you. It won't have any power over you, as long as you just ignore it. Because, I mean, it's a silly example, but. If it's just it's like a concept, like that's if if that strategy doesn't work for your house, the microcosm, how how are you expecting that strategy, that same exact strategy, to work to clean up the world's problems? Like if we just don't ever talk about them and don't ever look at them, and sure as hell don't bring them up to other people, how is that gonna solve any problems? That's not how problems are solved. <laughs> By ignoring a problem does not fucking solve it. Sorry. I mean, you see this. This is called a new age deception. It's one of Mark. You know, Mark Passio talks about it a lot. He he did a good job with the new age deception series. I would recommend anyone listen to that. Don't look at the negative. One of the new age deceptions. Very powerful to point out that that's a deception because that's what a lot of people want to do. A lot of people in like yoga communities, spiritual communities, they're just like, don't ever talk about anything negative because you'll bring in more of that into our reality. It's like, no, man, that ain't that is not how it works, not one bit. Like, it's like, don't ever talk about how messy my house is because then you're just gonna bring in more mess. No, let's pretend it's not messy. Don't, don't, don't. Don't talk. I don't want to look. I don't want anyone commenting when they come over saying my house is messy. Don't do that. <laughs> it is not messy. I don't see. I I have these glasses on and they don't let me see the mess. And I mean I can't do anything about the smell, but I can pretend like it doesn't smell. <laughs> There's a really good book. It's called a. Uh, 
the ones who left Omelas. And it's about a, an anarchist, perfect anarchist community where everyone's happy and there's total freedom. And uh, there's a catch, though. Underground, in a little uh, dungeon, there's a, there's a child who is tortured every day. And part of the rules of the city is that that child has to be tortured. It's just part of the rules of uh, Omelas. Uh, everyone gets to be perfectly free and happy, but there's a child underneath the ground that is constantly being tortured. And another rule of the city is that at some point, everybody has to watch the child be tortured and, and everything. And they have to know that it's there and that it's suffering. And So the name of the book is The Ones Who Left Omelas. And it's a spiritual allegory. For like it, it applies to the state perfectly. It's like, yeah, um, in statism, you know, we might the the people who are well off, who were born into the right conditions and had the right things happen in their life, and haven't gotten in trouble, you know, to those people, yeah, the statist life might not be that bad. But we all know that there's a bunch of innocent people in prison who didn't do anything. Maybe just sold drugs. Maybe not. Maybe they, they were just framed or blamed by police, you know. Bunch, tons of innocent people. You know, thousands and thousands of them in prison. Just rotting away, dying. You know, their entire life destroyed. While we're sitting out here free, relatively free. And, and the, the in the book... There's a tiny, tiny fraction of people who actually leave Omelas and go somewhere else where that doesn't have these ridiculous rules where, yeah, everyone gets to be free but except for this one kid who has to be tortured the whole time. There's actually a tiny fraction of a people in the city who actually have a conscience and they're like, fuck this, Omelas is fucked up, I'm going to a place where there is actual freedom. Right, I'm going to go look for someone somewhere else. I'm going to take a chance and, uh, you know, maybe even risk my life to find a better place. Go out on my own. Because fuck Omelas, man. Shit's not right. But that's what more and more people have to do. You have to be like the ones who left Omelas because it's, you know, we can do better than that. Humanity deserves better. You deserve better. I deserve better. So we just got to leave this totalitarian police state, you know, just statism in general behind. Because you can't have a system that uh, makes it tough for individuals, even if it's just certain groups of individuals. But what our system does is it makes it hard for every individual. And it empowers a, an elite few. Like, this is these are fucking laws. This is why it's important to talk about negative shit is because... Somehow, a lot of people are not even aware that the Federal Reserve is a f is a Ponzi scheme. It's like a re it's like we're all being forced to play a casino game that is so much more rigged than a real casino. You know, a, a casino like the Federal Reserve is so much more rigged in the banking system than than a casino. It's like. And people aren't even aware of that. 
people in the spiritual kind of community are not even aware that the Federal Reserve is a fucking slave system. I mean, this is this is the consequences of ignoring the negative. That's what the dark side wants you to do. They, the, the, the evil ones who hide in the shadows, they don't want you going and looking in the shadows. Because then you'll be like, oh shit, there's a fucking monster who's leeching all of our energy in the shadows. You'll start telling people, and then they'll be like, oh, what do you mean there's energy leeches stealing from us? We don't want that. Why don't we figure out a way to de-leech them? Detox them or uh, um, parasite cleanse. How are you going to do a parasite cleanse if you don't even fucking know that you have a parasite because parasites are negative? And I don't want to look into parasites. Don't. I don't need a blood test. I don't need a... You know, to look into any type of cures for parasites, because I don't have parasites, only only because I, I refuse to even consider the term parasite, because that's negative. Very, it's very disempowering attitude to take. There's one based in fear too. I mean, that, if if anything sounds cowardly, it's don't look into the negative. I mean, it's just totally unrealistic. First of all, because everybody does. It's all around it, everywhere. Like, how are you not going to look at the negative? It's just like in that TV show I talked about last time, Don't Trust the Bitch in Apartment 23. They uh, they compared the Satanist in this show, the bitch. She was being contrasted with this totally naive, kind of like princess type, whose character flaw was that she always looked on the bright side and ignored the negative. I mean, that's a recurring theme in TV. Like, there was another TV show about... Uh, I don't know what the name of it is. But the, the theme is that there's a robotic simulation city where people can go to visit and do whatever they want to the robots. Because the robots apparently don't have souls in the city. So if you want to just torture them and kill them and play God, then you're allowed to... And you just pay money, and then you can go and have a little adventure with these simulated robots that learn is, is one of the catches, is they learn from each time. And one of the robots was this woman who never, ever, ever looked at anything negative. She always looked on the bright side. And it's basically Stockholm Syndrome and denial. You know, it's a, it's a defense mechanism to protect the ego, uh, you know, because things are so fucking horrible that as long as I just pretend like it's all okay, well, then I can live in a fantasy land and uh, I won't have to deal with the actual reality because what happens to this woman every time is she ends up getting raped and tortured by, like, the you know, this psychopath who uh, thinks it's cool to rape robots. <laughs> it's kind of a weird TV show, but uh, that's what happens. <laughs> so here we have again the theme of the naive person who refuses to look at anything negative and they just fall prey to totalitarian rule every time every fucking time because you're you're not allowed to do that in in life that's not <laughs> you have to take it all in man just take it in i mean you don't have to go out looking for negative shit it'll find you so when you see it be like ah recognize that is negative I don't want that close to me. <laughs> Cast out that demon. Say the magic words. Say, I do not consent to your negativity and your energy leeching. Be gone. Get behind me, Satan. 
I do not consent to Federal Reserve taxation. Taxation is theft. Police are evil. Government is slavery. What else could I say? Voting is nonsense. There's no such thing as representation. All men are free. We all have equal rights. Give me liberty or give me death. Magic keywords is not very complicated, right? You, you know, it's it's necessary. You're not getting out of the the prison planet without saying magic words and and ha changing other people's minds. This is a, you know, a lot of people's minds are what's keeping the cages on, the shackles on. I mean, my mind is free, but the shackles are still on my body. So that means I'm not fucking free. You know, that's not good enough for me. I want my body free because right now it's being held in duress. Under duress, my body is expected by the state and the system. I'm expected to do all this shit that I don't want to do with my body. Using up my fucking spiritual energy, my time and attention, your spiritual currency. I can't just sit here and meditate all day. I, I can't grow my own food and uh, be happy. Right? No, nobody can do that, cause we're all slaves to this fucking tyranny of Federal Reserve, police, military, um, lawmakers, judges, IRS agents. It's just fucking tyranny. And uh, until people can be real and admit that, it's not going anywhere. You know, we're not getting out of the cage by accident. You have to recognize you're in a fucking cage first. If a lot of people don't even re see the chains on the cage, right? Some of them will see one bar. They'll be like, oh, there's a bar. I can't move. But they, they refuse to look at all these other bars, and they don't even have a, a, an accurate picture of the cage that they're in. So they'll sit here chipping away at this one bar, thinking that that's somehow going to make them free if they could just get this one bar out of the way when they're inside of a box, within a box, within a box. And there's guards watching it, and they're like, yeah, you know, we can try to get marijuana free, legal, but that that's just small peanuts, right? <laughs> there's, the Federal Reserve is still there. Like, we can have free mar medical marijuana and shit, but we're still enslaved because the Federal Reserve is still operating. Like, why is nobody trying to end the Fed? More people need to be. Just at least say, say the magic words, right? That's the least you can do. I mean, I understand that it's very difficult to uh, actually change any of these laws and get rid of any of these lawmakers. But the way to do it is through mind and words, right? If you're not even at least contributing in that sense, it's like, fuck, you know, what are you even doing with your life? You, you're not helping, uh, do you expect us to just do all the work and that you're just going to sit there and be an armchair quarterback and like not contribute and you, th you expect that somehow you're just going to be free that way? Like the, This is a quantum effect. There has to be a certain number of people doing the great work before uh, you'll see any change. And it's like every person that starts doing it makes it that much easier for the next person. So if anybody's listening, if you go out and start doing the great work, you're making it that much easier for me and for everyone else to get the next guy because there's this thing called the hundredth monkey phenomena. And uh, 
It's the idea of there being two islands of monkeys. Let's say there's 100 monkeys on each island. And on one island, one monkey learns a trick. Let's say one monkey realizes that socialism is bad and anarchy is good. This one monkey finally learns that lesson through thinking and observing, you know, the evils of the the police monkeys with their uniforms and their tasers and observing how they just torture a bunch of innocent people and ruin everyone's life. And he's, he comes to this brilliant conclusion that socialism is evil and government is slavery. So you have one monkey out of 200, and he's on one island, and he's he tries to teach other people, and he finally convinces the second monkey that slavery is bad and, and freedom is good. And then that monkey tries, now there's two monkeys that know, and that makes it that much easier to convince the third monkey, because now the third monkey is hearing it from two angles, and not just that first monkey, who was a little bit weird anyway. Now there's two monkeys saying that freedom is good. And, you know, you you might not convince the third person that quickly. You might have to try out quite a few people before you find one who's really ready, you know, who's suffered enough. Maybe they've been personally tortured by the socialist monkeys, or the tasers. But, you know, you finally find somebody who is ready to hear the truth. And the third monkey, you snap him on quite a bit quicker than it took the uh, second monkey and infinitely more quickly than it t took the first monkey to learn it all on his own because he had to do a lot of thinking when the entire crowd of monkeys a hundred of them on his island were constantly going on about how you know voting was good and that it's your duty to vote and the police are there for your protection and the the politicians care about you and the dollar is just helps us to store value and it helps us to exchange and uh, if it, if it wasn't for government there would be chaos and who would build the roads when you have 99 monkeys all saying that same bullshit to you and you're the only one who is questioning any of it it takes you a while before you get confident enough to realize that you're right and then start working on other other monkeys. So, you know, we have two monkeys. They finally get a third monkey. Now there's three monkeys. That's 3% of the population. And uh, Mark Passio has a song called The Three Percenters. It's about, uh, like, in the American Revolution, there they the people who were actually willing to stand up against the state with arms and physically defend themselves from the British, there was only like 3% of the people. And that's all that was necessary, because the rest of them aren't going to do anything. They're, they're just fucking going along to get along. So you think they're going <laughs> to get involved in a, a revolution? So it's just like the 3% of freedom lovers versus the 1% of these you know, standing army of British. You know, you only need 3% to actually overthrow any government. So once once you get three monkeys out of 100, now now you kind of have a movement going. And now it's a threat to the socialist, you know, because let's say they, that in our 100 monkeys, there's like two police officers, right? Two of them are, are the cops who are actually harming everybody and threatening everyone. And they're the biggest two, right? The biggest and dumbest. Maybe not the biggest, but they're they're good size, but they're fucking dumb as shit, and they just do everything that this evil, sick fucking monkey. There's one fucking monkey who's just so twisted that he actually personally gets off on watching the other monkeys suffer. 
This is the dark occult monkey. He 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 goes home to his house. He has a you know small little child monkey that he likes to torture. <laughs> he kidnapped it. Uh, one of his order followers, the two dumb ones, they kidnapped one. You know, he, all he had to do was make up a story about why it was right for them to kidnap this one monkey. So they took it back to him, and, and you know, it's his personal gimp that he likes to torture now. And what else does this sick monkey do? He like uh, <laughs> he he talks to demonic spirits. You know, he's he's a shaman, a dark shaman. So he he uses hallucinogens, talks to demonic spirits, does other types of weird shit like that. He's very creepy and mysterious, and the people are afraid of him. They're they're afraid of him because he's so fucking weird, and he seems to be smarter than them. So they just they like to pretend like he's not there, and he he's fine with that. He just hangs out in the shadows. He laughs at all the other fucking monkeys and their their socialist, you know. And occasionally he'll sacrifice one to the to the god, you know, the gods that he's in contact with, because they demand blood sacrifice. And, uh, you know, he has no problem giving it to him because f those other monkeys are too dumb to realize what's going on. They're, f they're dumb as shit. <laughs> I sit here and torture them and they don't even fucking know, you know, what's going on. They're, they're too dumb to even stand up to the police monkeys. So, finally, we get 3% of people, of the monkeys, willing to actually stand up to tyranny. And that, was, that just happened to be the quantum shift, right? Because those 3%, they don't even have to immediately go after the uh, the two cop monkeys, even though they could, you know, three of them would have a chance at overpowering them, but if they just wait a little bit, why don't we wait till we get 5%, you know, five monkeys, five versus two, now we got a nice crowd going of, and, you know, the other monkeys, they one of them might be programmed enough to where they'll side with the cops if there ever was an altercation, so why don't we just wait till we have 10% of the monkeys, and... Each monkey that, that learns the truth about anarchy makes it, there's a quantum thing that happens where it makes it that much quicker for the next monkey to learn. And this actually applies to crystals as well, which is very interesting. Like I've, I read a Rupert Sheldrake book about uh, science being, um, you know, mythology in a lot of ways and how a lot of these things that science thinks are facts are just bullshit. Part of it is like the physical nature of everything. And one of the things that disproves the physical only nature is that if scientists discover a new crystal, a synthetic crystal in a lab, like a compound that can crystallize, the first time that a crystal is formed is very, very difficult to do for the scientist. Like the conditions have to be perfect and everything has to be controlled and it might or might not crystallize and they don't, you know, it takes a lot, a lot of effort. But this weird quantum effect happens. It's like the molecules learn something. Um, after the first crystal, it becomes easier for the, the experiment to be repeated. And then if it gets repeated two or three times, well, then now it's like a permanent thing almost. Like it's, it's so difficult for it to, to crystallize in a different way. And it becomes easier and easier to form the crystal. Like it's a measured effect. It's it's sort of the same as this hundredth monkey syndrome. So, you know, if you're listening and you and anarchy's starting to make sense to you and it never had before, well, you're just the next monkey who figured it out. 
And uh, just the fact that you figured it out makes it easier for the rest of us to convince the next guy. Even if you don't contribute, it still makes it easier because you at least learned. But if you do start contributing, now you've learned more lessons. Like, because, you know, learning for yourself is only the first half of the great work. And if we can convince you to start teaching this, then you've learned even higher lessons. And that's where we really are trying to get is to where there's more and more teachers because that's when the quantum effect shift really picks up and uh, that's where the real power is, is teaching other people. So that's, you know, the first lesson is uh, realizing slavery is bad and freedom is good. And starting to recognize how we are being enslaved and, and you know, what the patterns are and who, who the real enemy is and who are the ones physically enslaving everybody. And it's not that crazy, weird monkey that, you know, likes, is just sick in the head. I mean, he's, he's part of the problem, but he's not the one actually doing it. You know, it's these two dumbass order-following monkeys who have shiny badges and, and tasers, and they think that, um, you know, just because this crazy monkey told them to, that makes it somehow okay. <laughs> That's part of the lesson. It really is important. That's why I keep hammering it. It's because it, it's empowering to know, you know, what needs to change specifically because then you can bring it up over and over again everywhere you go and who knows maybe you know, maybe a year from now there won't be any more cops because the quantum shift might have happened like like there's the quantum shift is when you get a critical mass of monkeys let's say after you get 10 monkeys all of a sudden bam overnight all the monkeys know now it's this is called the hundredth the hundredth uh, monkey effect or something. What it is, is you you know, the first monkey had to learn it on his own, which took forever. And the second monkey was infinitely quicker because the first monkey already learned it and he can try to explain. He just keeps trying out all the different monkeys until one of them is ready. And he's, he brings it up to that level and now there's two of them. Third monkey is even easier to get because you have two, he's hearing it from two angles. Fourth monkey is way, way faster to convince. You know, once you find the right monkey who's ready to hear it, by the time you get to uh, like six or eight or ten monkeys, there will be a quantum shift, and you, you reach the critical mass of monkeys. And what happens then is that all of a sudden, overnight, all the monkeys know it. And it was just old news. It's like it's something that the, the tribe of monkeys all just picked up one day. They, you know, a few of them figured it out, and that's all that needed to happen for there to be a chain reaction. And now, what do you know? Now we're all free, and there's no fucking statism anymore. And the cops, you know, the the police monkeys, they might have been one of the last ones to learn that they were doing something wrong, but they learned because they were like, oh, fuck. These, all the other monkeys are telling us to stop doing this, and the only one who says to do it now is the uh, crazy one. You know, the scary one. He's the only one, and even he stopped. Because now he knows that now that all the mon other monkeys learned, he's going to have to figure out a different strategy to enslave them. Or maybe just forget about it, right? He might have to take responsibility for his own, you know, stop being, you know, work on some of those personal issues that even made him want to enslave all the other monkeys in the first place. Like, 
because clearly they're not going to be enslaved anymore. So, you know, there is not really any violence even necessary at all. Like, or a defensive force. If it's done in consciousness, the work, through magic words, you know, uh, blaring them out everywhere you go. If we can do that, there won't need to be a civil war, you know. We won't have to physically defend ourselves from psychopathic order followers. It's just not even necessary if we do if we do the great work. If we put it out there forcefully and unapologetically, don't be a coward about it. If and fuck, who cares what other people think? If they don't, if they can't agree that freedom is good and slavery is bad, well, fuck them, dude. Like we're we're the freedom movement, and we we have somewhere we're trying to go. And if if you're too much of an egotistical, arrogant prick to admit that you're wrong about slavery, and that slavery should be abolished, then fuck you. We'll leave you behind. You know, go go live with all the police state, but but we're your your ignorance of this, and your refusal to accept change, is not going to hold us back from freedom. Because that, that's just not going to happen. So, we'll move on to the next monkey. If you're too old and, and arrogant, hard-headed to listen, then fuck you. We don't even need you. We'll go for the next monkey who's a little more ready. And if we can get that one, then we can get another one. And eventually it'll be it'll be like you're outnumbered because we got all the other monkeys. And then, and then what do you know? Oh, now you want to learn. Because now you realize that, yeah, you were wrong because all the other monkeys switched. And now it's just you and these, you know. That's how it works. Like, if somebody's too hard-headed to listen, you know, say the magic words anyway, just in case. And uh, then move on to the next monkey, right? <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, I think I just did a really good description of that whole... 100th monkey syndrome. One of the crazy things about that, though, the crazy thing that they found out is, like I said at the beginning, there's two islands of monkeys. And the weird thing is, is once uh, the first island reaches the critical mass, monkeys on the second, second island completely isolated, they all, all of a sudden learn it, right? They never even knew it before. Zero of the monkeys learned after you reach the critical mass on the first island or just, you know, you start to get a few of them, all of a sudden, spontaneously, it seems, the second island switches on to freedom. See, it's a quantum effect. They, 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 didn't, they didn't do this study with anarchy versus, you know, socialism, obviously. This is monkeys. But they did it. They, they've studied this and uh, observed it with, like, tool, using a tool. Like the monkeys, one monkey would figure out a new tool to accomplish a task. Let's say putting a stick into a, an anthill and getting the ants out and eating them. You know, it took one genius genius monkey with a very developed neocortex to figure out how to eat ants with a stick. And he taught it to his family. And they taught it to their friends, and then all of a sudden, overnight, all the fucking monkeys on the island knew how to eat ants with sticks. And the fucking weird thing is, is in a completely isolated, separate island full of the same monkeys, or similar monkeys, all of them fucking learned it overnight, or spontaneously. Just, 
That's how the quantum field works. You can look up uh, Rupert Sheldrake's research into it. It's a good place to start, but uh, it gives you hope as an anarchist because uh, anarchy really is the wave of the future, and uh, we're in the dark ages right now with the state. Statism is uh, slavery, and uh, once the quantum shift happens, we'll look, you know, our ancestors, and we'll look at this, and we'll be like, what the fuck? These people used to vote and think that, you know, they could actually be represented? What the fuck? <laughs> How did this happen? Right? How did this happen? Our ancestors were retarded. <laughs> Part of the process, I guess. You know, just the... Once we did learn this lesson, there will be some other lesson that we can use to make everything better. Like, oh, we'll stop hunting other animals. <laughs> After we learn how to free ourselves, then we can work on freeing other animals. Right? And then our grand ancestors will be like, what the fuck? They used to farm animals? That's so sick. They wouldn't even let, you know. <laughs> Why weren't they vegetarians? They're crazy. They used, to, they used to eat dead flesh of animals? Holy fuck. Barbarians. I'll leave it at that tonight. I feel like I got quite a bit out, and uh, I really liked that monkey story, so hopefully someone else liked it too. <laughs>